GalaxyCon Live is the place for you to hear about fandom from the celebrities who bring geek culture to life. Welcome everyone to GalaxyCon Live where we bring the convention experience direct to you. I am your host, Steph Strickland. Thank you so much for having me. This panel is for you, Oncers. This show that focused on hope, about finding your happy endings, and about the interesting ways good plays against evil. I want to introduce our guest to you right away. And for those of you who are familiar with me, I get to your questions immediately. Normally I would encourage you to put them in the chat, but producer Paul tells me, oh no, you're already there chatting away. So thank you for your questions, we'll get to those. But right now, let's go ahead and bring up on the screen, Jennifer Morrison, who played Emma Swan. Hi, Jennifer, how hey. are you? I'm great. How are you? Fantastic. Who is joining you today? Very, this very is, good. Yes, this is Ava. Oh. She, she doesn't like closed doors. So when I have to close the door, she, she ends up in with me. So I think she's going to be the hit of this. Thank you so much for being with us. Let's bring in right now Keegan Connor Tracy, the Blue Fairy. Hi, how are you? I'm well. How are you? Fantastic. Thanks so much for making the time today. We appreciate it. Eon Bailey, come on in. Pinocchio, how you doing, man? Oh, I'm good. Thanks for having me. Nice to be here. Hearing you loud and clear. That's great. And now, Beverly Elliott joining us. Granny, who shoots a mean crossbow and uh, drinks out of 17 different mugs. We were just chatting in the green room, and every time she took a sip, it was, yeah. So, oh, very nice. Very nice. So I have to start by asking all of you, um, how, how was this last year for you? It was so interesting and challenging and, and so... Uh, difficult on so many levels. Uh, I'm wondering how you all did it. You know, here we are gathering in the virtual space, which has really just become a thing. Jennifer, how was your last uh, year for you? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I feel like, um, you know, I feel very lucky because my family and my friends are healthy. Um, and I know that's not the case for everyone who has gone through this crazy time. You know, there was uh, more than just illness. There was so much uh, social unrest that was well-deserved. And um, so, you know, I think there's just been a lot to unpack for everybody. Um, but I, again, I feel very lucky because I'm surrounded by people who are very open-hearted and um, we're all trying our best to figure out how to, to be educated and be better versions of ourselves. And, um, and I think, you know, there's, there's some interesting things that have evolved, you know, things like these virtual conventions, you know, there's, there's so many ways that people have sort of pivoted and figured out how to stay connected in any way they can stay connected. And obviously that doesn't necessarily, um, you know, equal an in-person connection, but at least, um, you know, we are all finding ways to reach out and support each other and, um, I think it's been amazing to be able to do these conventions and still be able to connect with the fans and, and be able to have those interactions and, um, you know, where everybody's just doing the best they can. Absolutely. And, and I'm not going to lie, uh, full disclosure, I'm going to regret saying this, but I'm doing this in my pajama pants. So I mean, <laughs> oh, <there you> <laughs> <go>. it's, <laughs> Keegan, how has your uh, last year been for you? Well, certainly I echo all the things that Jen was saying that those things, you know, sort of go without saying in a lot of ways um, that it's been hard for everybody in lots of ways. And so you just have to I just found it was a year of being able to try to focus on little things and be grateful for what you what there was. I, I took peace in some of the quiet time of it, really, because it's such a go, go, go all the time, all the time. Here's a thing. Here's a thing. And it's due right now. And uh, my kids got to go here. 
Oh, I think we just, uh, Keegan, you froze for a second there. Um, and Beverly Woodard. And so it's been good in lots of ways if you look in the right place, I think. I think it's relatable for everyone in the chat, right? We all have our own experience that sort of echoes what you're saying. Beverly, how was your last year? Um, I echo what both of you gals just yeah. said, absolutely. But I really, um, in the beginning, I welcomed it because I've been in this business for 36 years and I'm a character actor and a singer and a children's performer. And, and it's the same thing. I'm always hustling. When's the next gig? When's the next job? So to just unplug and not have to be hustling work was so great. And I think my nervous system just settled. And I started snowshoeing and hiking. And I've you know, changed my body. I've lost 30 pounds. I've gotten fitter. And, and it's just, I've made it, because in the beginning I gained seven pounds. You know, I was gonna say. <laughs> and then I went, this is, I can't, this is crazy. This is not stopping. So I just turned it into a personal wellness time. And uh, so that's been great. And, and now I feel like, okay, when we go back, I'm not gonna go the way that I used to live, just always saying yes to everything and just trying to you know, get the next gig. Um, and I've been teaching, like thank goodness for this online. Um, I teach acting classes online to kids. So I've been able to work through it. And you know, now we're filming a little bit here too. So it's been good. And everybody's- I I really noticed uh, myself, I gained all the weight and have yet to take up snowshoeing. So um, I, I will lean on you for inspiration. Ian, how was your uh, past year? I really appreciate hearing what um, the ladies had to say. And I, I also uh, agree with a lot of those sentiments. The exercise has been great. Like I've always made that a priority in life and now I can make it even more so uh, being, just finding ways to be healthy. And I get more time with my children, which is an amazing thing if I were working the entire time. I would miss this critical stage in their development and the family time has been good. It's also uh, difficult for me. I'm a Gemini to stay in one place uh, for so long. I've been in Canada for over a year and I've, I've never in my, since I was probably 15 years old, if I've been in one place for so long of a, of a time. Uh, I, I, I've been getting to do reading and uh, I'm preparing my next uh, uh, show, which I'm excited about doing. So. Thankfully, I have found work that's meaningful during this time. I do think it's important and something I've been doing uh, is questioning all systems, all mm -hmm. systems of, of government, of every modality. I want to look at and investigate further. What assumptions do I make in life or, or have I made because of my conditioning, uh, my, uh, my upbringing? What have I decided uh, one plus one equals two? Now I'll look and, and think to myself more, do these assumptions uh, uh, bear out, uh, or, or do they do they warrant further investigation? And I find personally that they do warrant further investigation. And I certainly want to say that I don't think anyone should feel shamed for for really asking a lot of questions and being very critical and even suspicious during these times. And I think that's ultimately a smart, healthy perspective to have. And I and I encourage people to remain vigilant. Mm -hmm. That is very profound. And now we're going to do this 180 because if I don't get to Oncer's questions, man, we are going to hear about it. Let's bring in producer Paul. The first question for you from Isabella. Ooh, what was the funniest scene to record? Uh, Jennifer, why don't I start with you? Oh, man. I mean, I wish, I wish there was more levity on the show. Um, I feel like I, I'm sure there were funny things that happened. I might've forgotten most of them. I, I, I always go back to that damn coconut thing. 
just because I don't know, it was very memorable. It's what stuck out for me. It was like, I just couldn't believe that I had to trap a spirit in a coconut that had only one way that it fit together. <laughs> I mean, only one exact way that it fit together. So thank you props. It was <laughs> challenging and memorable. <laughs> and, and I don't know that I was laughing about it, but I certainly know everyone else was laughing <laughs> about it because I looked completely insane trying to achieve this uh, take after take. So, um, so yes, the, the coconut, the, the magical coconut brought us all a lot of joy and tears. <laughs> tears tears for some. Keegan, what about you? You laughed audibly, so that obviously took you back. What was your funniest scene to record? Um, I feel like it was one of the Blue Fairy ones where I was in the, uh, like in the stunt rig and uh, it wasn't quite weighted properly. And I had, you know, the big frilly dress with all the things and yeah. I fell forward and I, I just didn't get my balance well enough to be like this. And I just turned upside down and like all the tendrils and my butt <laughs> and like all the stuff was just uh -huh. you know, sort of stuck there. Like I couldn't quite get myself back up again. That was amusing <laughs> for all. So <laughs> oh, that's pretty good. Ian, what about you? Well, I, uh, when, Jen and I did our scenes in the forest when uh, August is revealing to Emma, uh, trying to show her that his leg is in fact wooden. It's, it's, <laughs> it's such a thing, you know, like when we, we, uh, Jen and I know visual effects are gonna be overlaid onto my leg, but the reality is it's just me going like, look at my leg, look at this. It's completely wooden, don't you see? Don't you see? <laughs> also when I was really sick and you were like wrapping cabbage around my neck, it was like, I was like coughing and dying. And you were like dying laughing because your leg wasn't wood, but we kept talking about your wooden leg. You know what I, you know what I love about the cabbage is that you, uh, I, I introduced, because I had heard about this technique uh, from some Ukrainian, uh, uh, like people who are serious about health. And they explained this old like uh, method to to heal yourself, and it had to do with like putting like wrapping cabbage around your neck or something like that. And then and then one day, either you or somebody was like, Ian, you got to check out Jen on Ellen Ellen DeGeneres, and she's got. <laughs> either you were sick at the time. What was it? You were sick, or you were just. I don't remember what led to it. I just know that somehow they. I think they saw on Instagram that I had like tried your cabbage wrapping suggestion <laughs> and then like they just glommed onto that. So then there was just, there was just a whole stretch of cabbage neck wrapping that went on for a while there. You really, you really took that and you ran with it and you brought it to millions of people. Well, <laughs> for, the record, I've never worn, for the record, I never tried it. <laughs> oh, amazing. I was like, well, Ian's a really healthy guy. I mean, I remember, like, I don't think I'd ever even heard of, like, Himalayan pink salt before I met Ian. He, like, took me to this amazing crystal shop. I still have, by the way, I still have the rock that I got at the crystal shop with you. And, um, and like, he, so he was, like, introducing me to all these, like, wellness and healing things. And I was like, oh, he really knows. And he said to wrap cabbage around my neck. So <laughs> I listened. Those ladies were probably pulling my leg, and it just got past all the <laughs> No, it's Did powerful it stuff. When you don't feel well and you're like, you've tried everything, everything, you'll try anything. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to make a mental note of that. So if you see that pop up on my Instagram story, you'll know why. <laughs> Beverly, what was your funniest scene to record? That question coming from um, Isabella. And I just want, do you cook the cabbage or is it raw? 
No, no, it was oh, raw. Raw. Wasn't it raw? Yeah, raw I cabbage. So. Oh, I think wilted cabbage would have been a whole other. Yeah. <laughs> I. It was just, a, it just looks weird because you've got <laughs> these big leaves of cabbage and then like a scarf wrapped around it. You just have like. It's way weirder when you put it in your bra when you're breastfeeding because that's an old Bingo. one. <laughs> so oh, wow. wow. With Keegan, it's in the baby books. Like it's, it's in, in the baby, baby books. books still. Uh huh. Yeah. So there yeah, we go. I haven't gotten there yet. <laughs> <laughs> My funniest scene was, um, and there was several, but the one that just comes to mind right now is when we were in the forest and I had the crossbow and we were chasing. Um, uh, uh, I was with Red and we were chasing, and it was the first time that we we're going to take the safety off the antique crossbow. And we were going to fire it because everybody's the safety's on. Don't worry, don't worry. We've got the safety catch on it. It's not going to fire. It's not going to fire. So I'm holding the crossbow up here, and um, and and they go, okay, let's try firing it. Everybody, clear away, clear away. We're going to fire this thing. You ready? You ready? I've got it. Okay. And it's like a big build up, and then I fire the crossbow, and it literally goes, ooh, <laughs> <laughs> almost like two inches in front of us. So it was anticlimactic completely. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, you tried. Let's go ahead and bring in the next question from our chat. Jenny wants to know, oh, what is your favorite type of music? And Beverly, given, well, there's a lot of uh, folks with uh, sort of a musical background here, but Beverly, I'll start with you because as a singer songwriter, I think you will uh, appreciate this question from Jenny. Thank you, Jenny. My favorite artist, I'll say that because I like all kinds of music. I think it's kind of that indie Southern folk rock that I would be the category, but people like, I think Van Morrison originated it, um, one of the originators, but I like Patty Griffin. She's an amazing songwriter, singer songwriter. If I need to have a cry, if I need to just feel anything, I can put her on and instantly I'm back in my body. I'm back in the land of, ah, you know, connected, love, love her. Jennifer, you also have sort of music in your family. Um, so what what is your answer for Jenny, your favorite type of music? Yeah, I, I don't know that I could say I have a favorite type, more that I sort of use different kinds of music for different moments. You know, I have all sorts of different playlists and um, sometimes I'll dive into a project where I go down a rabbit hole of music that I really never was aware of and suddenly really love. But we grew up with a lot of classical music in our house. So classical music music is something I use a lot in terms of just focusing and kind of calming myself, especially if I'm like writing or rewriting or working through something creatively. Um, and then lately, I just I like life has just been so kind of crazy and hectic lately. And um, the Spotify peaceful guitar channel, it's, it's highly repetitive, but um, very soothing. Nice. So there's been a lot of peaceful guitar Spotify going on as of late. I get in the car, I'm like, peaceful guitar. <sighs> I can hear people opening the Spotify app on their phone right now. Yeah. So I'm sure they, they have that. Ian, what's your, your favorite type yeah. of music? I like, I, I, I like all kinds and it depends on the mood and the place and what I'm trying to, what kind of spirit I'm trying to uh, invoke. But I just like, I just open up my, my app. I use Apple, uh, um, whatever it's called, you know, the Apple list. And Apple so I've music. got DMX Essentials. Um, he passed recently and yep. I just, I mm -hmm. like that guy. Um, Hugh Masakela, South African artist, The Doors, Essentials, Bob Marley. Um, I like all, I mean, just everything. I like every single kind of music and every single, every place. In the, I've been thinking a lot about Palestine lately. So I listen to my friends, Samir Jubran Trio. 
who are incredible Palestinian artists, three brothers, and they, they play the oud and, and they just, they, they're really great. So I'd really recommend them. But yeah, like everything from, there's not one genre I don't love. I like the, the breadth of music that you guys are bringing to the table. Keegan, what do you like to listen to? Yeah, geez, no pressure after this. I know, right? Eclectic, <laughs> like how, I was good, you know, I'm one of those people that will play the same song a hundred times. Like I, I'm like, I'm after this, vibe and so i'll play it i get very caught into moments from those um and but one thing i have discovered is this like because i'm i can't have noise around when i'm trying to write but i also can't listen to music so there's this stuff on spotify that's like a i found it on tiktok like 750 megahertz something <gasps> sound i have that yes. so i've been putting those on while i'm working so that's my little something exactly the same the as music. binaural beats or something fun. pardon is it called binaural beats that's yes, that is it. Yeah, and I want to be a good thing to to get into, because then you can still focus, even though something's going on that blocks out, you know, your neighbors screaming at each other or whatever that might, or your children, <laughs> your children so screaming at each other, you know. Keegan, uh, the one that I have is by a guy named Kev Thompson, and it's five megahertz, five HG theta for creativity and intuition. Um, Kev Thompson, 5HZ Theta, and I listen to it even in the bath. It's fantastic. So I really hope you like it. Um, but once you said that, I was like, oh, open my Spotify because I, I can relate to this. Uh, Great, let's go right, ahead right, and get right, right, the name again, Steph. Um, it is by uh, Kev Thompson, and it's the 5HZ Theta for creativity and intuition. And I hope you like Great. it. Yeah, we'll try. I'll try it. Wow. Okay. I said we like I was more than one person. I don't. Right. <laughs> it's the royal we. Even I will try it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Let's get to the next chat question from Gia. If you could have any superpower, what would you choose, and how would you use it, Beverly? I'll start with you. Oh my God. Um, well, I would heal the world. I would. I would just in. in I would just wave a magic wand and make everyone peaceful and happy and well-fed and healthy. <laughs> so um, a superpower just to, you know, take care of all these problems and the horrific things that are happening in the world. That's what I would do. I think everyone, everywhere is going to agree that one is the absolute top choice. So now I'm going to ask Jennifer, what is your second best superpower that you would have? What would you, what would you choose? How would you use it? Um, well, I guess a variation on that would be like, um, like an empathy wand. Yeah. Like, uh, if you could just sort of like, show someone what someone's going through with just one swoop of your hand, you know, so that you could have some empathy for why they're doing what they're doing or where they're coming from or, you know. Beautiful. Mm. And then Bev can come in and heal them. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Okay, so now to the third favorite for you, Keegan, your third favorite superpower. And what would you choose? How would you use it? It's like tag team superpowering here. Yeah, mm -hmm. you know, you can all just add on. Uh, We're create a new Avengers here. <laughs> pressure. The empathetic <laughs> Avengers. Yeah, exactly. Awesome. In light of the things that have already been taken, you know, so yeah. my addition would be, I think 
the ability to get, I mean, obviously we want to erase social inequity and, and things like that, Those, but I guess I would say presence. I think it's the greatest gift I've learned of the last couple of years, which were born out of adversity that I had to learn to turn off the monkey brain. And so that ability to be present in the moment has been life changing. And so to be able to spread that, I think, and give people that um, ability, I think it, it's tremendously empowering. Uh, it, and it allows you to weather the storms that are inevitable a, a lot better. So mm -hmm. I guess that's what I would say. You are all the deepest thinkers and it makes my heart very happy. Eon, uh, what would you choose? I would I would take those three ideas because I think those are the, the, the most interesting to me as well. And, uh, and I would take those concepts and synthesize them. Uh, and the, 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 the ability would be, uh, the superpower would be to take, you could take anybody and like presto, you could put them in the shoes of somebody else. And while they are in their shoes for a certain period of time, they're living that experience for a moment and getting to see what someone else's experience is, they would have to be fully present. They couldn't sit there and be like, oh my God, I'm not in my own body anymore, this is crazy. Mm. They would actually fully arrive and land exactly in the experience of someone else. Mm. Truly know, to truly open up the empathy of someone else's experience other than their own and i think when we can do that that would that that's that's the that's that's the the key for for understanding when we know what someone else goes through when we just understand what they are that's why travel is so amazing you travel around the world you understand all oh, these people are they're like me they're all we all we're all just human beings trying to live our lives to the best uh, of our ability and it's only when when people are something else uh, uh, that it, 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 then, then the fear comes in and the boxes get, the walls get constructed. I, I, I can't know, I don't know them, so I can't, I, I should fear them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Gia, that was an excellent question. Let's go ahead and bring up the next question from the chat. This one coming to us from Isa. Ooh, who is one actor you have not worked with who you want to? Oh my gosh, I don't know. Who wants to take that first? That could go, who, who is someone out there in, in, in your craft who you would love the opportunity to work with? Oh gosh. I know, right? Yeah. You know, I mean, I, there's a thousand people I could say, but um, because there's just so many, but yeah. uh, I don't know if you guys are watching Mayor of Easttown. Not yet. Oh, oh, that's Kate Winslet, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I won't give any spoilers. She's amazing. I would love to work with her too. But I was going to say, um, is it Evan Peters? Is that the name of the actor that's playing opposite her, who plays Zabel? Am I getting his name right? Gosh, darn it. In front of me. But, but that, that particular actor. He is so good on this show. Like, he just took a role. And please, everyone out there, forgive me if I'm saying his name wrong. I'm, I'm going to Google it. But, I, but, like, it's a great role. But, like, it could have been sort of a nothing role with the wrong actor or with a different actor, I guess. And like, he just made so much of it. And he was so complex and believable. And Kate is such a force to be across from. I mean, like part of what's really just astounding about the show, it, it, you get wrapped up into it. So you sort of forget about the craftsmanship of it in a good way, because you're so wrapped up in caring about everybody. But if you were to remove yourself and look at how many long, long takes of her that they don't cut away from, it's astounding the work she's doing on this show. I mean, there's like two and three minute takes of close-ups of her where the whole scene just plays on her close-up. It's 
it's spectacular. But anyway, so he's across from a powerhouse like that and he's stealing the show. Like it, he's just so good. I don't even know how to, it, there's just so much nuance and texture and like, he's like broken, but he's strong, but he's like supportive, but he's a little off about things, but he's, I don't even know. I don't know, I don't know how to explain it. He's just, he's just so good. This is like, he's nailing it. He's really nailing it. I, Keegan, I have to ask you next because you've been in everything, including a number of shows that I am like, so I don't even know how you're going to answer it. Um, I was, <laughs> who, who is an actor you would like to work with? You know, there's like various reasons why one might be one versus another. Uh, you know, it's easy to pull out people like Judy Dench or Olivia Coleman, yeah. whom I love these actors. Yeah. But I think right now I would say Omar Sy in uh, Lupin because then I could work in French and work in France and I have an awful crush on Omar Sy, so it's really <laughs> great. I just really love that show and I love the genre and I love the way it looks and the way it's shot and that it's in French. And just, so that would be my pick for, for this moment. Ask me in half an hour, it will be different, but yeah, you yeah. Know, right well, now, you that's have, what I'll say. What about you, Ian? Oh gosh, I mean, I, they're just for like the pure longevity of how long I think this guy's been amazing, I'd say Al Pacino. Oh, he, yeah. I was, I've been entertained by him and like loved watching him since, exactly, from like <laughs> way before that, from like the time, you know, when I was like 12, I started paying attention to him. And then into his hua years, like <laughs> had a whole like stretch of years where he was like big and like, I'll just say whatever the hell I want and say it in any way I want. Cause Scent of a Woman got him that Oscar and he just ran with it. Yeah. And then he got really uh, charactery again. In the, and when he played uh, Jack Kevorkian, the, uh, the suicide uh, uh, guy, a doctor who helps people uh, assist with, with assisted suicide. Assisted suicide yeah. Incredible in that role. And then he played Joe Paterno, the, uh, the uh, college football um, uh, uh, coach who got embroiled in that scandal with pedophilia that is his uh, his um, offensive coordinator got involved with. He was incredible in that. He's just amazing in everything he does. And Scarface I saw recently again, my God, he's so good. My, my wife was like, what about his accent? That's ridiculous. <laughs> I'll look past it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right, right. Beverly, what about you? Oh God, same thing, a thousand people. Um, immediately, Olivia Coleman came to mind. Anthony Hopkins, I've always loved. We share a birthday. I just feel close to that way. And uh, and I years ago, oh my neighbors at home, I stood in for when I was uh, I wasn't working at one point, and my agent said, "Do you want to do stand-in work?" And I went, "Sure, I need something." So I was a stand-in for Kathy Bates. Mm. And she was amazing. She was so kind to me and just so wonderful. The horrible part about being a stand-in is I'm on set standing on her mark while they're setting up the lights and the camera and everything. You guys know this. I'm preaching to the choir. But, but the, and Kathy Bates is sitting over in the chairs holding court and telling stories to everybody. And I was like, and you're like, ah. uh -huh. <laughs> and the DOP kept going, Beverly, can you look this way? Can you look this way? And I go, yes, I can. And then I go, uh, <laughs> ever and god bless kathy bates i hardly got to talk to her until i ran into her one day when we were leaving and she just said oh my god you're just such a you're just doing such a great job you're such a good stand-in i went no i'm not <laughs> I'm an actor i'm a terrible stand-in ask the dop i'm only here because of you you know and, and anyway she was so kind and she gave me a present and I would just love to see her again and I'd love to work with her. I just find her amazing. 
that that is a great answer. Let's get to the next question in the chat. I'm definitely loving what you're asking. From Ninki, and I apologize if I pronounced your name wrong there. If your favorite Disney character went dark, oh, wait, hang on, I gotta, this is a good one, you guys. If your favorite Disney character went dark and evil, would you still like them? I mean, I think we've watched a bit of that uh, on Once Upon a Time, but uh, let's go ahead, Jennifer, and start with you. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting to watch any character just sort of explore another side of themselves. I, I obviously have a different perspective, I guess, because Emma had her dark swan moment, um, which for me was really interesting to do. You know, I mean, I know there were some fans that were like very freaked out by that. Some fans really loved that. Um, but, you know, none of us are entirely good or entirely bad. You know, I think we're all complicated people. And even though, you know, Emma was sort of kind of a fairy tale character, um, yeah, I tried to look at it as just, you know, it's interesting to explore all sides of someone and, and figure out what like kind of darker corners inform your lighter corners and vice versa. And, um, mm -hmm. so, you know, I think, you know, if Belle from Beauty and the Beast was suddenly like, you know, a villain, it'd be interesting. I would definitely be curious to see what that looked like. I have yet to meet an actor who has told me that they prefer playing a good character over a bad one. They, you know, universally in your craft, so many of you love digging into what motivates someone to be evil. And is it really evil or is it something different? And that to me is fascinating as a non-actor looking in from the outside. Keegan, uh, if your favorite Disney character went dark and evil, would you still like them? I, it's funny, I don't know. All I can think is how I'd like to play that. Yeah, yeah. you know, like versus the, the Belle that was in Descendants, who was always so nice with her little yellow dress. Like imagine if Belle went rogue, started reading, I don't know, like propaganda, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it would be fun to play. I don't, yep. I can't really say that. Like I'm not one of those people that are like, this is my Disney princess and I've loved her since I was little. I was just, that's just not a thing that I have. So I guess the only way I can approach that is to say it would be really fun to play that. Like I was devastated when they did the episode where everybody got to be the opposite of themselves. And I was shooting a pilot at the same time and I only I had one day that conflicted where I was in this scene with like 80 people and I didn't matter, I didn't even talk. And because of that, they just wrote me out of the episode. That's, you know, how these things go. Oh. And uh, it was like so devastating because I was going to get a new thing and it was like the Black Fairy and they were making it all out of tires and whatever it was, <laughs> crazy stuff that Eduardo had cooked up. And because I just really was so excited at the idea of being able to explore that and uh, and just and also to watch all the other characters as they were doing it, you know, to see Ginny be evil snow and stuff. I was like so down for that. And then I didn't get to see any of it. It was like, see, you can see I'm still upset about it. And it's it was like five years ago. I just love given how complicated your fairy costume was that tires was where they went with it. <laughs> they were making like all those flowers that were all over the top here. I think Eduardo was like slicing them and making these flowers out of rubber. That's what I remember. It would have looked amazing. So cool. Would have been cool. Yeah. Beverly, what about you? Um, sure, absolutely. I like the dark side. I find it interesting, and and I it, you just see what people what makes people tick, you know. And I think people, I don't know, spend a lot of their time in their twenties exploring that more. I certainly did, and then now I feel like yes, I'm living the light side of me. But okay. it's those roles that you get to play that have a darker side. Like it would have been fantastic if Granny had a real dark side that came forward and you know, uh, some history that we didn't know about. I, um, yeah, I, I don't have a real like Mickey Mouse or one of my Disney characters 
Um, but I just think, yeah, I agree. I think it's more interesting when you show the underneath, the shadow side yeah. that usually people overcome to get to the light side. I can't. I just had an guy. image of evil Mickey Mouse, which just really came out. I was like, wow. <laughs> I know, I know. Exactly the words coming out of my mouth. I was like, I can't. It's like an earworm, but in my brain, I, I don't yeah. like it. Ian, uh, what, uh, Ian what, what do you think? Well, how about uh, we saw um, uh, 101 Dalmatians recently. Mm. Oh, yeah. So I, I'll take I'll go with that. What if what if the guy, the the, the husband uh, who marries the woman, their dogs kind of connect them and unite them and they get married. He's a he's a struggling uh musician who's like who writes songs and he ends up writing the song in the movie about Cruella Deville and it catches on and it becomes a hit what if he was actually teamed up with Cruella and it was all a plan and he helped her he brought her into the they actually partnered up so she could take the dogs and then he would so she kidnaps his own dogs and then he makes a big thing about it in the press and then it becomes a big news story which it did and it was all a scheme to get that song a number one on the charts that he had. And it was all like he just sacrificed his dog, his, his hundred, you know, uh, however many dogs he had, his lady, his wife, all just for career, just to like get up that rung on the ladder, like that kind of evil, just like all for just gl glory and winning. <laughs> Okay, write really that down. This it, it's really dark, Ian. It's dark, but it's good. He yeah. he answered the question. Let's go ahead and bring in the next question from the chat. Not from, <laughs> from Mary. Ooh, what is the best piece of advice you've ever received? Keegan, what's the best piece of advice you've ever received? I go to this one all the time because I worked with Stuart Margolin really early in my career and I think he was directing the episode and I had done this thing that I just thought was really great and then when the episode came out it wasn't in there so it really was not that great and I was just talking you know I was still a really young actor and I was learning and he said to me love nothing and I was like oh <laughs> I mean it hurt to hear that and I it still feels pessimistic in some ways but at the same time like if you if you don't get attached to that line in your script or you don't get attached to the way you're going to deliver this or the relationship you're having with that character and you're just like are present in the moment and if it goes it goes and if it doesn't it doesn't I just think your journey is going to be much gentler and I thought it was brilliant advice and I, it has stayed with me for 20 something years. I have to process that because I approached life from like love everything and then but what an interesting way to like frame that in terms of your professional development. Eon, what is the best piece of advice you've ever received? Oh my gosh, I'm still taken with this one. This <laughs> I know, I know, it's I know. It's really good to to hold on to nothing. Nothing. It's all just we're in flow. Uh, um, you know, along those lines, in, you know, I think of I think of surfing and the metaphors that I took up surfing in in kind of more recent years, and just how to ride a wave is is, and I think the the advice that I got from from other surfers that really stuck with me is 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 finding the flow of the ocean. The tide moves. The ocean has its own life. It works in 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 as an entire system. And instead of muscling it and trying to force it to find its flow and get in the flow of it, and then it will support you in your journey specifically with this riding the wave. And it's um, definitely uh, uh, um, 
uh, it, you can extrapolate all other kinds of ways of life th through this through this analogy, and I think it's connected to what Keegan said of just. But anyways, it reminds me of it. Don't 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 take anything as too precious, and don't hold on. Don't hold on tight. Is really what it is. Mm -hmm. Let go. Let be in flow. Be in flow. Mm -hmm. Works on a lot of levels. Beverly, what about you? I love this conversation, by the way. I know. I know. It's a great panel. Um, the one that I always go to is um, it's, if, if it scares you, it, it, you know, it's something you want to do. If it scares you, then do it. It's good. So it, it, into the phrase, leap, leap and the net will appear. So just jump. And I have done that and I've been scared out of my mind. I've spent money on a CD. I didn't know where that money was going to come from. I was writing checks for $1,000 to all these musicians. Like, I don't know. When I put it in the mail and I sent it off, this is years ago, to get pressed and get to get manufactured, the phone rang the next day and I'd landed 16 days on a movie. And it was like mm -hmm. there and that paid for the whole thing. So... Again and again, I have to remind myself to be brave enough to do that. But every time I take a huge leap that is something that I want to do and it scares me, the net shows up. Yeah, that's great. Jennifer, I have, I'm, I'm including you in this conversation, but boy, did they really bring Yeah, no, I mean, I feel like answers. this is like a superhero situation where it's like, yeah. since the other ones are already taken. Um, <laughs> uh, no, and I, I'm, I know this is a quote, I'm not sure from who, and I'm totally gonna butcher it, but um, it's sort of that idea of like, you can either choose to create something and be judged or create nothing and stay invisible. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, I, I remind myself of that a lot and I kind of give versions of advice about that a lot because it's like, yeah, I mean, no matter what you make, it's gonna be vulnerable and it's gonna be judged and people are gonna have opinions about it, but then you made it, yeah. you know? And what's the other option that you just don't, you just don't make it, you don't express yourself, you don't make the thing that your heart wants to make just because you don't wanna be judged and then you just sort of keep your light hidden, you know? So um, I, would, I would much rather weather the judgment than, than live without creating. I think I'm, Brittany I'm, Brown has a whole talk about that, where she talks about, you know, as creatives, I'm sorry to leap in on this, but I was like, no, how we yeah. get so often are like, ah, we're in these states of crisis a lot of times. And she was like, but that's the price that we pay to put ourselves out there and be judged. We That's like the bargain we make with this sort of, sort of Faustian career that we have chosen as creatives. It just reminded me of that, Jen. I'm familiar with that quote, and as someone who's not normally an inspirational quote person, it resonated with with me, uh, at least the, the version of it that I read, which is very similar. So I love that that is something that is sort of central uh, in your mind. Let's bring in one more question uh, into the chat uh, right now from Mona. Okay, good. This is the best, good, 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 because like, given everything these folks have been in, like, I don't even know how we're going to unpack all this. Mona wants to know what other fandom would you like to see crossover into the world of Once Upon a Time? Now, should we duke it out to see who goes first? Because this could just be a riot. I don't know. Who wants to answer? <laughs> Can you <laughs> trust the game, if all the game of Thrones people like, showed up in Storybrooke? You know, Daenerys was like, <laughs> just levels all of, uh, you know, Mr. Gold's shop or something. Good. That's that's a really really good one as a huge Game of Thrones fan. All right, who's next? Ian? Oh, Beverly. Shit's Creek. 
Wouldn't that be fun? Oh my God, they'd eat at Granny's every day. Yes. They would. They'd be stuck in Storybrooke trying to they'd get- They'd be up. staying at Granny's, right? Wouldn't, wouldn't they be staying at your little bed and breakfast? That's true, that's true. That would be fun. And then- Beverly, I just hired uh, Eugene Levy's brother, Fred, as my accountant. Oh my God. <laughs> what? That's hilarious. Okay. Yeah. Oh my God, that's great. Yeah, you always see his name in the credits. I didn't know what his job was. Well, he was he's the money guy. No, wait, his name's in the credits? Oh, I just meant that Eugene Levy has a brother. His name is Fred, and he's an accountant, and I just hired him. No, I no, I realize that, but oh. when you watch, I think Fred Levy is always in the credits. Of oh, I didn't know that. Oh, maybe he's, he's the accountant for the show. That's maybe. what I'm saying. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's clearly yeah. the accountant for the show. Fantastic. Um, could The Walking Dead be, uh, be like... I don't know. Yes. I can't imagine what yes. once upon, Wasn't like, it in an episode? That just sounds really exhausting for Emma. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we're trying to find a Emma. lot of work. Missing, and you can conveniently be asleep in your trailer. Yes. <laughs> I'll nap. Emma will uh, fight zombies. <laughs> yeah. That's so good. Uh, Jennifer, what about you? Um, I mean, I've often said Star Wars, which I do think would be fun. But I, I was also thinking it would be really funny if, like, if Dr. House was the doctor for everyone in Storybrooke, like it'd be hysterical to watch him interact with like, like Pinocchio's wooden leg. <laughs> like what would he do? You know? Like, could, could he be the one who could well, be fun? Like Emma comes in, she's like, they tried to pull my heart out. And he'd be like, what? what? <laughs> yeah, he's like a straight up doctor. He's just like totally rational from this yeah. world. Like, yeah. yeah. He's like yeah. a, science guy first. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Didn't learn amazing. about hearts being pulled from that. chest cavities in um, in med school, um, or black hearts. Or, uh, yeah. And then he'd go down the rabbit hole and like really get into it. Be like, but the thing is, this portal opened. And then when they went there. Uh -huh. <laughs> Sold. I think we have it, Mona. I think you've got a lot to work with as you write the fanfic for that to make that happen. Hey, to everyone out there in the chat, we appreciate your questions and we appreciate your time. And to this panel, uh, this was amazing. This was one of the deeper panels that I've ever hosted. And it was a real joy to spend this time with you and kind of get to know you on, on some different levels. So thank you so much for that. And again, for those of you out there, you can still get in on those personalized autographs and the one-on-one -on -one live chats. If you have a question that you would really like answered, all you have to do is go to galaxycon.com. I'm your host, Steph Strickland. You guys are amazing. Thank you. Thank you. That was fun. Was so good to see you guys. Thank you. It was good to see you. you. All.